it, it's one thing to say, hey, I have a set of plans. It's another thing to have a set of plans that are actually producible. But when you look at the whole picture of what you're getting and you compare it apples to apples, it is definitely a more affordable structure. Very simply, I want to sell my home and build a barndo, but where exactly do I begin? So that's a good question. What's up guys and welcome to the Barndo Show. So today I just wanted to do a little dive in on kind of Barndo 101. So a lot of people hit us up on social media, ask us questions all the time. We get tons and tons of phone calls. And a lot of those calls start with, where do I start? Why should I do this? And what could potentially go wrong if I do? So I just want to dive into that a little bit and just kind of talk through some of those situations and try to best prepare you uh, for your journey as you explore building a barn dominium and making sure that it's right for you and your family. So um, just to kind of jump in from the beginning, like how, how do I get started with building a barn dominium? Um, one thing that we do is uh, onboarding for, for our clients. So this is something that we felt really convicted to do in the beginning because there was so much misconception about where to get started. And so feedback that we get online from people who don't have experience are like, oh, you know, it's a $5,000 charge. I, I could just get, I could buy plans on Etsy for 200 bucks. And I, you know, I, I don't understand the whole onboarding thing. It just doesn't make sense to me. It seems overpriced. The reason that we do this is twofold. One is you want to make sure that this is a really good fit for you and your family. And everybody has the same concerns, doubts, and dreams. Okay. When you onboard with us, you get a couple things inside of that where we're going to pair you up with either a plan that you found on our website that you fell in love with, or you can upgrade your onboarding and work with one of our custom designers and design this thing straight from your brain to paper. The beautiful part about this is um, not with 100%, because as you will learn in this journey, there are obstacles in building. So paper doesn't always translate perfectly to the real world. But what it does allow you to do is, is take this idea, get it on paper, and the person that's designing it is designing it from a perspective of A, getting what you want in a home, but B, is it feasibly built? Have we taken into consideration things like where your HVAC platforms are going to be, where your attic access is going to be, where are the chases so that your your HVAC can, can vent and flow properly? If you have a cathedral ceiling, how are we going to get air and heat to both sides of the building. D just different things that you're not thinking about when you're thinking about the design of the home you want. Some other things that you want to make sure of is like, do we have proper egress? So often I see on online like plans and it shows bedrooms and they're on the interior of a home with no windows. I, that's not, A, it's not safe, but B, it, it, you can't build that and call it a bedroom. You're, you're, there's not a county municipality in the world that's going to allow you to do that. So, it's, it's kind of a guiding light, right? It's one thing to say, hey, I have a set of plans. It's another thing to have a set of plans that are actually producible, um, especially with the means of construction that you're trying to do. So that's kind of how that onboarding works. So the first step is you got some ground rules, you got some information, you have a budget, and we need to meet all those things head on and start designing and preparing something that, that makes sense for your budget, that meets all the needs, wants that you have for your future home, and then also, 
make sure that it is designed in such a way that it can actually be constructed as a barnuminium. It can be constructed by the means and methods that we build with. So the, that is the logical first step of onboarding. Another thing that, that happens in that onboarding is, is when the time is right, right? When you have a set of plans and we're getting a little further along in the process, we're going to send someone out to your property. They're going to take a look at your land and they're going to be out there as, a, as one of our grading professionals or whatever and, and figure out what's the lay of this land. What does it look like for you to get your driveway there? You may have bought a piece of land and you have this picturesque, perfect place that you want to put your home. Well, will it perk for septic there? That's a question that maybe you never even thought of. Maybe you don't even know what that process looks like. So is it going to perk there? Maybe it did perk there, but maybe you got 1,800 feet of driveway and you haven't thought about that in your budget. You know, how are you going to get your vehicle back there? You got to cut a road in. And it's not just, hey, I can get my Jeep down there, guys. We got a four by four. I can get anywhere. How are we going to get a concrete truck back there to pour the pad? How am I going to get 18 wheelers in there to deliver materials? So there's a, there's there's layers and layers of things that come with the experience of being a builder that you can meet head on in this onboarding, and we can unwind some of that and unpack and might prevent you from making a catastrophic mistake that blows your budget to pieces and kills your dream before it ever even got started. So that's the logical first step is onboarding. Um, another thing about onboarding is you get to come into the showroom. You get paired up with one of our Barndo pros. They're going to sit down with you. They're going to go through every single selection. They know your budget. They know the things that are standard in most of the barns that we do. They're going to be able to show you a wide array of selections so you can pick things that are within budget that you could put into your home. And then they'll show you possible upgrades. So maybe there's some things where you want to go a little nicer or you want to do some really big, you know, uh, statement pieces in your home. That's fine. But we want to make sure that your budget allows that before we even explore those possibilities. So it's just guidance. It's having professional guidance through the whole process. So when you onboard, you're getting more than a set of plans. You're getting an experienced barn dominium professional who's going to help you take this idea and turn it into something tangible. And at that point, you would have the opportunity to review all those numbers, review those plans, you know, at that time, you spent some time with our team and our organization, and you can determine if we're the right company for you. And if, if so, great. We sign a contract, everything moves on through the process, and you're way ahead of the game. Maybe you decided, hey, you know, I just I don't feel like you guys are the right company. You're not the one that's going to build for me. You know, I, I met this other guy or my, my uncle's friend's cousin can build them. And that's great. Go talk to them. At, at least at that point, you have a fully outlined proposal from us with cost breakdowns. You have every selection in your home. You have a set of plans that can be built, right? We even have the ability to, to, to sell you the kit to build that home. You go get a builder. Uh, the objective for us is for you to choose us, not use us. We do a spectacular job, and I don't, I don't have to convince you of that without you spending some time with us. Are we the builder for everyone? Probably not. Is every client the right client for us? Definitely not. So we want to make sure in the beginning that we're marrying all those things together and that at the end, you're getting exactly what you set up and dream for. We want you to have the experience that you want to have. So that's, that's from my perspective, how to get started in Barnuminiums. And that's the reason why we do this onboarding process and we go so thorough into it because it just works well. There's, no, there's skin in the game from you, so we know you're a serious consumer. But additionally to that, you're not obligated or you're not contract bound to take it any further than that exploratory stage. And if you do elect to go, like I say, everything that you paid for and everything you've done goes with you. So you're one step closer to achieving your dream, whether it's with us or without us. So that's that's the logical first step. Um, another thing I get asked all the time is like, what are some pros and cons 
of building a Barnuminium? Well, it, it just depends on who you ask. In, in my opinion, the, the, the pros definitely far exceed the cons. So some of the pros is apples to apples. If you were to take a custom Barnuminium build and compare it to a custom home builder, for what you're getting in a home, comparatively speaking, it is absolutely more cost-effective and affordable uh, to build with us than, than, to, than to go in with a, a traditional builder. So a, as, you, as you go down this road, like a lot of times there's this misconception that, that Barnuminiums are like half price or they're going to come in very comparable to like mobile home pricing or something. And, and that's just not true. Now, there is an element of truth to like if you were to start from scratch and build this whole thing yourself, for sure, you could get those prices down. But if you were to go and hire a builder to construct your dream home, it's, it's just not going to be 50% cheaper. It's not going to be some of these ridiculously sub $100 square foot numbers that you see floating around on Facebook. Those are not real numbers. So, um, and, and they may be if you're willing to sacrifice quality. That's one thing that we, we, we will not do. We will not sacrifice quality in our builds. So to get what we consider to be our base Barnuminium, you know, Comparatively speaking, you're going to still be in a cost savings situation compared to other builders. So, like, where's some of the things where pricing breakdowns can go askew? And so when you're looking, like, you're trying to compare, like, the price to build this barnuminium versus the price to, to buy a track home built in a neighborhood or or built by another custom builder is the things that make barnuminiums barnuminiums. If you have a garage in your barnuminium, chances are it is a large garage. That, that's a that's a huge trend inside of these. Like a lot of people want just as much shop as they want house. Well, in any traditional build in America, you don't see that. It's not common. When you're comparing that cost to a to a house in a neighborhood, you, you you're taking a, a one or two car garage and you're trying to compare it to a thousand or two thousand square foot shop that's attached to your home. And so there are elements of cost that go into that. That's why we break everything down different. We have a, a set stock price for heated square footage. And then we have a price for our garage square footage. And then again, you move outside to porches. Most of the builds that we build have substantial amounts of under roof, under roof porches. And the porches that we're building are high quality timber frame porches, right? We do have the ability to build a standard porch. And a lot of people go that way because it is a budget boosting situation to pick a standard built porch, but everyone wants a timber frame when they see it. So when you compare that and you think about the fact that you're going to have somewhere between 700 and 1,100 square foot of covered porch space, again, there's a lot of costs that go into that. So when you take all of those elements and you divide it by only the heated square footage, it can send those numbers askew a little bit, right? And, and on paper, they're like, well, this is no cheaper to build than a regular house. But when you look at the whole picture of what you're getting and you compare it apples to apples, it is definitely a more affordable structure. Um, uh, some other pros of it are the way that we build, right? So um, everyone wants the Barnuminium look, but a lot of people haven't considered like the cons of building a traditional post-frame home. Um, some of those post-frame homes where you put timber in the ground, look, I'm no building scientist, but what I know is if you put wood in the earth, it's not a matter of if it will rot, it's just when will it rot. And I've had people tell me all the time, hey, TJ, you know, we've got this system that we do and that, man, you, it takes 30 years for these posts to start rotting. Well, that's 30 years. Um, we've elected to build above grade, right? And we keep everything up and above on a engineered foundation so that those poles never come in contact with the earth. It's just one step that we feel like is the best situation for the client. It's the difference in building someone who builds barns and occasionally turns them into houses and someone who builds houses 
that are constructed like barns. Some other things like in a conventional style post-frame barn would be um, where everything butts down and how that concrete gets delivered into that post-construction. Okay, it the, the concrete is then like a floating slab. It's more prone to sinking cracks and, and, and more major foundational issues in the long run than if we were to pour that as a monolithic slab and it's hardened before construction begins. And again, a lot of this is up to debate. There are people who would debate me to their blue in the face, but I know what works for us, and I know what the banks will consider to be, uh, you know, the, their preferred method to lend on it. I know when when you're getting insurance, the preferred method so that you can get traditional insurance on your barn dominium. All these things play a role in this. So that that would be a, a pro to the way that we build. Um, a, another thing is is this entire structure is is um, exterior load-bearing only. So it's complete clear span. Inside of it is almost modular. Um, if you have a, a two-story dwelling, a little bit of the rules change. But a, a lot of the plans you see on our website are ranch-style houses. And so when you're building that open ranch style, a lot of the interior partition walls are just modular. We can move them and rearrange them. That's why when you see us uh, talk about making modifications to plans, we say there's minor and major modifications. Some of those minor modifications are moving interior walls. A major modification is I got to reset the structure. I got to re-engineer how the loads transferred. And and when you start growing or shrinking a plan and you're altering the overall structure, that's a major modification. So uh, that that to me is another huge pro to building barnuminiums. If you get inside of a barnuminium and you want to make an addition or a change or anything like that, nothing inside of that is holding load. So you can pretty freely move walls around. That's not so easy as just unsnapping them and moving them. But when you go to do that construction project, you're not thinking like, well, I wonder where the load-bearing wall is. Because typically there aren't any on the inside of the structure. Um, some other pros to me is the fact that we put metal roof as a standard on every single build that we do. If you were to take a metal roof and compare it to a shingle roof, it wouldn't take a rocket scientist to figure out which one is going to have more longevity. Okay, There's a reason why a lot of builders charge an upgrade to do a metal roof. That's something that you should be considering when you're thinking about the pricing again is, well, this includes a metal roof. Metal roof is going to have much lower maintenance. It's going to shed water at a greater level, and it's going to have more longevity. You should be able to get more years out of your roof with a metal roof than you do with a traditional uh, shingle roof. Um, then move to the siding. Our standard, again, is a metal siding. Most homes are made up with vinyl or the painted cementious fiberboard. Uh, there's, there's tons of different things. Apart from maybe brick or stone, metal is one of the least maintenance-prone things you could put on your house. So when you put that siding up, now you have a low-maintenance, long lifespan. Not, you, don't even have, it's, you don't have to paint it. You don't have to clean it. There's, there's just a lot that goes into this siding to, to make this home way more robust and give you more longevity. Again, giant pro, low maintenance. I don't know about you, but if I'm living in a home and I have the option to have a low maintenance exterior, I'm, I'm opting in for the low maintenance exterior. Um, continuing on for the pros list is the fact that we fully encapsulate every single build we do with spray foam insulation, right? Th this thing is, is literally insulated like a Yeti cooler, right? Why do you pay more for a Yeti cooler? Because it does a better job than the igloo that your daddy's daddy gave you, right? So it, it, if you could think that same logic when you're purchasing a cooler and then take that into a home that you're building, when we completely encapsulate this thing in spray foam, you have a much more energy-efficient home, right? Your power bill is going to be lower. Your home's going to be more comfortable. And the fact that we completely encapsulate it with at least five and a half inches of foam all the way around it 
it, it cuts down on outside noise. It's a much quieter home. Again, huge pro. Um, I, I mean, I could go on and on and on about the, uh, the pros. Let's talk about some potential cons. What's a con of building a barnuminium? The only thing I can think of is the layout of, of windows and doors because it's a post-frame structure. So there are uh, things we can do and exemptions we can make where we can frame headers in and transfer load from the, the, the trusses down into the wall. But traditionally, we like to have a spacing somewhere between 8 to 10 feet inside of a residential structure where we have a post that's carrying the load from the roof to the ground in that post. When we do that post layout, occasionally you have windows that may have to offset one way or another depending on the room layout inside of the building. So is there limits inside of design when, when it comes time to put windows and doors in? Yes, but oftentimes, like I say, we can we can remedy that by adding a structural header or, or something different. But in the grand scheme of things, it's the only con that I can think of. It's the only con. You know, if 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 you really, really like really cut up trinket style homes and you, you really like these luxury looks from the exterior where you have pop outs and jut outs and all this stuff, maybe Barnuminiums would be a con for you because the, the effectiveness of building a Barnuminium is sleek exteriors, right? You're trying to, to build a home with simple features, and then we can absolutely put a facelift on that and make it look really nice and luxurious. But the overall layout of the home is very basic, right? It's, it's going back to fundamentals. Why are barns built this way? It's an easy way to build. So again, that, that's a potential con. If you're really looking for this jazzy up outside you know, home, maybe stick frame is a better way for you to go. Um, but, but, but on the cons list, I, I literally can't ever think of any. Um, if, if you were to bring me any list, I could, I could put 10 to 1 pros to cons on why to build a barnuminium any day of the week. Also, there's like a lot of common misconceptions. I touched on one earlier about pricing. It never ceases to amaze me how many times I see people pop up and they're like, oh, man, yeah, you know, we built our barn dominium. It's 7,000 feet under roof, and we paid $14 a square foot to build it. And it just it, it isn't true. And if it is true, it was true at a different time period. So that's the biggest misconception. The second misconception is that, you know, you have to subscribe to a certain style of insulation or you have to do it a certain way or there's only one proper way to do it. And that it, it, it kind of gets crazy because everyone is championing the way that they build. Um, I'm a little more humble than that. Like, I love the way we build. I do think it's probably the best way to build. But is it the only way? Absolutely not. Um, so I, I guess, you know, there's there's misconceptions in that. Another huge misconception is, is you can't get traditional financing. That you got to work with some, like, remote bank in middle America that's charging you, you know, 12% plus prime. Like, it... That is an absolute misconception. If you will subscribe to the way that we build and you will go through the process, we can help you obtain any kind of financing. We, we, we build all the time with VA loans, VA construction loans. We've, we build with FHA loans. We've built with, I mean, anything you can imagine, USDA. We've done new construction with USDA loans. Uh, but the reason we're able to do that is because we went to those lenders and we sat down and we were like, hey, tell us every reason why you would reject this build. And then we went back and we deconstructed and reconstructed, and we came up with a plan to where we could deliver you what you want in a barnuminium, but we could also meet the guidelines and the things that they're looking for so that they can lend money on this and feel comfortable lending you money on this. And so if if we can get the bank to say, hey, we're completely comfortable loaning money to build this, it should give you consumer confidence, right? 
hey, if the bank's willing to lend on it, it must be a pretty good thing. Same thing with insurance, misconceptions there of like, you know, uh, you got to get some kind of specialty insurance policy. Again, not necessarily true if you subscribe to the way that we build. And again, how did we get there? We went and met with these people. Hey, why are you, you know, saying that you got to do some kind of different rider on the insurance policy? And then they come back and they tell us all these things. And so we just challenge that stuff head on and we've done it since day one. And so we've kind of arrived at this place to where this is how we build. And the reason we build this way is because this is what the requirements were from all these different areas so that we we could not only become Barndo builders, but become the largest producer of turnkey Barndominiums in America. All right, everybody. So now it's time for the Barn Burner segment of the podcast. So the Barn Burner is questions from people off social media asking things about Barndos. So I brought Jenna on. Jenna manages all of our social media accounts, so she sees all these questions. So she's just going to pick some, fire them away, and I'm going to give you my best shot at answering them. All right. So we have a question from Tim LaForest asking, please establish a Barndo. Too many people on our page with conventional houses and sheds calling them a Barndo. So I love this question. And my answer is probably not going to tickle the ear of the person who asked it, but what is a Barndominium? whatever you want it to be. So uh, let, let's give a brief history of what they started as. So Barnuminium started as a barn someone had uh, that they were keeping livestock in or for storage on their farm, and you had a loft area. And so you'd go in and you would create living space above. It was really popular in Montana and Texas uh, and areas in like ranch hands and stuff would stay in these Barnuminiums. And then people would go out and build, and they would build their barn because they needed it for their livestock, and then they'd have all this extra area up top, so they would make them a, uh, an apartment, so to speak, up top. And that's where the term barn dominium came from, kind of playing on the word of condominium, you know. So you'd have these multiple housing units above an active barn. Well, if you fast forward a little bit, people started building barns of various types. I mean, di- different parts of the country do different things, okay? So there are... Red iron buildings. I got a good friend of mine down in Texas that he does nothing but red iron weld-up structures. Um, you also have structural steel buildings. You have traditional post frame, which they do a lot in the Midwest, where they actually put the post down in the ground and and build a, a traditional barn. Um, and then you have what we do, which is these uh, post frame hybrids. where We're pouring a monolithic slab foundation and building on top of it. All of these things constitute a barn dominium. Okay, it, it's a it is a it has become a style of home. So when the general public thinks in terms of what is a barnuminium, they're looking for something that appears to be a barn, but now they dwell inside of it, mm-hmm. right? Because there's pros and cons. Uh, the pros are sometimes it's more affordable to build, right? Depending on what you're comparing it to. Um, the cons are if you take a barn that was intended for agricultural use and you convert it into a living space, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And a lot of them won't show up day one, but three years, six years, ten years down the road, you have moisture issues, you have rodent issues, you have a lot of different things because in the beginning, it wasn't really designed to be lived in. It was designed to store things in. So there's a lot of debate on this. I see it on our own, our own Facebook groups. You know, uh, if, if, you, if you ever want to be wrong, just make a yeah. statement <laughs> online, right? So in, in my opinion, a Barnuminium is a style of home. Uh, I've got other friends uh, in Tennessee that build stick frame conventional style homes. They put metal roof on it, metal siding on it. 
called a Barnuminium. Looks like a Barnuminium. People buy it as a Barnuminium. In my book, that's a Barnuminium. Mm-hmm. So to answer it, what's truly a Barndo would be a home that is built in a style or uh, in a way that could be used multi-purposely. Right? If we were to build that structure and never put an interior wall in it, it'd be a barn. Yep. You know, and so what the way I've always answered it is the way we build with this post-frame hybrid is I could build that home and from the outside it could look like a home and be completely empty on the inside. You know, or we, we could go in and frame whatever we want because it is built in the style of a barn. Barns are to keep things dry. Mm-hmm. So you want a big thing that you could put a lot of stuff in and have a lot of room to move around. So it's these big, open, clear span shells. And so that's that's a barn. And so a barn dominion would be building a dwelling inside of that. So two parts to that. But honestly, like, I don't get hung up on it. Like, we post stuff sometimes, and they're like, it look like a conventional house to me. I'm like, great. That's what they designed. That's, maybe that's what they were going for. So I, yep. I don't get too caught up on what this one looks like versus what this one looks like. Or we get the, the, the question all the time, where's the garage? I don't know. Maybe they didn't want one. Yeah. Maybe they already had one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so we do, and like I said, we do a lot of detached garages. And some people coming in, they're building what's in budget today. And then later you go down the road and you build them another barn or a, a detached garage or add on to the current structure. So you never know where the person that's building that house, what their story is mm-hmm. or what it is that they could do. But chances are they're building what they can afford, right? And they're building what meets the needs of them and their family. So to me, a barnuminium is a style of home. We also have a question from Eric and Renee Parker wanting to know, very simply, I want to sell my home and build a barndo, but where exactly do I begin? So that's a good question. So the, the, the for us, uh, if you're in our build network, you know, so you're in Tennessee, Georgia, or the Carolinas, um, I have one answer for that. And that would be immediately book a call, get on the phone with one of our team members and onboard. Mm-hmm. So we do something very unique. Um, I, I think there are other builders doing it now because I've had some conversations and it works really well. Um, but onboarding is just kind of like that baby step. So mm-hmm. if you're planning on building a new home, you're spending a lot of money. You know, you're, 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 you're putting a lot of your resources into a home. And so taking a baby step sometimes answers some of the questions, overcome some of the doubts, and you can really dive in and dig deep and say, like, is this going to work for us? Whereas without taking that initial step, you're just wondering. Um, so 100% the first step would be get onboarded. Um, onboarding for us consists of you come in, you meet with us, you pay a, uh, uh, an onboarding fee, we're going to connect you with a design team. We're going to take your budget considerations and we're going to start designing a home based off of your budget. And then we're going to think about land. So there's a couple different ways to do that. If you already have land, we can come out and do a site visit and kind of look at the lay of the land and determine whether or not you're going to be on a traditional foundation. If you're going to have stem wall foundations. Is it a basement opportunity? And from that, we can kind of establish what the style of build should be. Um, and, and give you all the guiding components to that. So we could design something within your budget. You would also come in and meet with our team, go through the selections process, pick everything that you want inside that house, and we can guide you again if budget is your constraint. Great. Mm-hmm. If you have an unlimited budget and design is your constraint, we can assist that as well. But we will help you get the full picture of what it looks like for you to be able to do what you've been thinking of doing. And at that point, you can make a decision, is this what I want to do? And if it is, then at that moment in time, make plans to sell your current home, 
you know, we'll connect you with financing and lender opportunities, and you can start piecing this puzzle together. The worst thing to do is wait, right? I have so many people message me like, hey, we're planning on selling our house in the summer, and at that point, we're going to come and talk to you. You should come and talk to us today because we can already do a lot of the pre-planning, and we may uncover that it's not the right time, mm-hmm. right? And so I would rather you have that information before you sell your home. Um, so it, if you're local to us, onboarding would be the first step. If you're somewhere else in the country and this is just a dream that you have, um, I would say go meet with builders. Start asking some of these questions, right? What is it going to take to get my land ready? If you don't have land, there's a, there's a lot of things that could go into that. But if you build a budget constraint and you go ahead and get design processes and you start getting those preliminary construction costs together, then you know what your budget constraint is for dirt. So if you're going to look at dirt, anything other than flat is expensive, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it, you, you could keep that in the back of your mind as you're looking for dirt. So that you, it, each step helps build the whole puzzle. Um, and so that's the, the, the beginning information is don't just jump in reckless abandon. We get so many phone calls. People are like, we sold our house. We bought this piece of land and we got a camper out here and we want to build a barn dome. We show up and we're like, you got $90,000 in land prep. And so they go from thinking, like, hey, I got a $400,000 budget. It's going to be great. We're going to build this home. And then when they figure out, like, land prep and utilities and all these different things that you don't think of as a consumer, um, you end up not having as much budget as you have. So it's a tighter constraint. So you end up with a smaller home, whatever. But we can skin that cat from 100 different ways to get you there. But that is the starting point is reach out, do your due diligence, get the pricing, get started, and the beautiful thing is if you are in our area and you onboard with us, it's not a commitment to build. So we will do the onboarding process with you and go through and help you with all that. And at the end, if we're not the right builder, at least you have all the components. You have a plan. You went through and made all the selections. Your mind is there. You have a general budget. You get a detailed proposal from us. You could take that and go interview other builders, mm-hmm. right? Because our whole philosophy is we want you to, to choose us, not just use us. We have from Laura Potter – what is the average build time and how far in advance do you need to get on the calendar? It's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm so afraid to answer build cycle questions because this mm-hmm. always comes back to bite me. So, again, I'm going to speak from our experience. And every builder will be a little different, but this is a pretty good general information. When should you come? Immediately. Mm-hmm. Before, you, you, before you even have established a deadline. Yep. So, if... With the, with the right planning and preparation, when you establish a deadline, it will give you a whole lot more confidence and a whole lot more uh, ability to sit right. Well, they say if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm-hmm. So, again, onboarding, that's why we, we push people so hard into that uh, area. Um, in terms of a build cycle, every contract we write is a 12-month contract. But there is a caveat in that language of mm-hmm. once all contingencies are met, so what could be some possible contingencies? Possible contingencies could be that there's a land disturbance permit that has to take place on that property before we can even pull the building permit. Um, there may be a utility easement that has to be added in by uh, another entity, right? Um, th- there could be numerous things that prevent us from effectively getting a permit to build in hand quickly. Mm-hmm. So you come in, you, you go through finance, you close on your loan, you're excited you know, and then we're four months in, nothing's happening. Oftentimes it's not our fault and it's not your fault. It's just inability to plan correctly. And so municipalities play a big factor in this. But the moment that that permit is issued, you have a 12-month window to construct. 
Now, the, the good news in that is, is a lot of times it doesn't take 12 months to actually construct. Um, but we like to use that terminology of 12 months. You know, It takes a year because it sets the stage and it, it allows people to process in their mind that this is a long process and a hard process. And anything we can do to move that up and speed it up is a win yeah. versus to give a false promise and it take longer. Yeah. So it, in the grand scheme of things, plan a year in your mind. But just remember, contractually, if you're building with us, it's 12 months from all contingencies being met. So there's in, in construction, plan, 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 plan for something to go wrong. Um, and th- that'll, that'll help give you a guideline. And chances are, if you've planned for 12 to 18 months, right, of discomfort, because it is not fun <laughs> building a home, um, and it gets done in six to 10 months, what a, what a happy day that'll be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that that's how I'd answer that question. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to the Barndo Show podcast. If you're watching on YouTube or wherever you're listening to this content, uh, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And then be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at the Barndo Co. Super simple to find us. And then when you're ready to dive in a little more, maybe look around some of our available floor plan options or take a look at the gallery of our work. Or maybe you're ready to connect with our team and Explore what it looks like to build your dream barn dominium. You can visit us online at thebarndoco.com.